Well, good evening. Thank you for joining us in person, and thank you for joining us online. We're going to be continuing on through our Truth for Living series, and tonight we'll be discussing our 10th question, 10th and last question of the theme of the greatness of God and why it's so important to study and understand why God is so great and why he is unique in that there's no one like him. And so we'll go by starting with reviewing questions one through nine to remind us about what we have discussed in regards to God being greater than us. The first question read that, does God reveal in his word that he is greater than us? And the answer is yes, he does. And the verse for that week was Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Question two, what is our great God like? The answer was, our great God is invisible, eternal, all-powerful, all-wise, and always everywhere at once. And from this question, it stemmed further questions to break down and discuss different attributes of God, that he is above all things, and that he is infinite in his ways. Job 40, verse 9, was the scripture for that question. Have you an arm like God, and can you thunder with a voice like his? Question 3, did God ever have a beginning, or will he have an end? The answer is no. God is eternal. He always has been alive and always will be alive. And so we discussed how God is infinite without beginning or end, that he is eternal and he is not constrained by time. And the verse for that week was Revelation 1.18. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. The following question, question four, does the Lord ever give up, get tired, or change in any way? The answer is no, the Lord is unchanging, eternally great in every way. And that week we discussed how God is immutable, how he doesn't change, and that he is impassable, that he is unaffected or changed or swayed by emotion like many of uh, us human beings are. And so... He is perfect in his ways, and he is unchangeable. Malachi 3, 6, the first part of the verse, For I, the Lord, do not change. The next question, question 5, was, Does God have a body like human beings do? And the answer was no. God is spirit, invisible to our human eyes. And that week we discussed how God is not the same substance as his creation, that he's not constrained by his creation, that he isn't something that he cannot be contained or restricted by his creation, but he transcends the, his creation, and he is spirit. 
He's of a different substance or different essence of the created world. And we cannot see him because he's invisible. He's not of the creation. But he reveals himself. And we discussed how he reveals himself through his word, through uh, his immeasurable powers, through creation, that he ultimately revealed himself through Jesus Christ, the expressed image of the invisible God. And the scripture for that week was John 4, 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Question six was, how powerful is God? And the answer is, God is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful and can do anything he pleases. We discussed how there is no limit to God's power, that there is nothing impossible for him, and that no one can thwart his plans, and that we can look to him and know that he is almighty. He can accomplish whatever he wills. The verse for that week was Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Question seven is, was what does God know? The answer is God is omniscient, which means that he is, knows all things, even the secrets of our hearts. And so we discussed how God is observing and he knows all things. He is outside of creation and he is aware and ever present and he knows all things. And we focused mostly how he knows our hearts better than our own, our own selves. First John three twenty, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. The next question, question eight, where is God? The answer is God is omnipresent, which means that he is everywhere all the time. And so we discussed that God is, as he is spirit, and he transcends all of creation, he is not limited to one physical location, but instead he is everywhere. He is not in everything, but he is everywhere. But he makes his presence known in special ways. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, we saw that in different um, manifestations of his presence. And then through Jesus Christ, by being God with us on this earth as Emmanuel. And now, as through his Holy Spirit, in the temples of our bodies. That our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, if indeed we're his children. And so his presence is everywhere, but he does make his presence known and manifests it in different ways. The verse for that week was Jeremiah twenty-three twenty-two: Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? And our most recent question, question nine, can anyone match God's greatness? And the answer was, no one can match God. He is infinitely greater than anyone else. 
And the verse for that week was 1 Timothy 1.17. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And so we discussed how God alone is worthy to be worshipped. That God alone is, is infinitely greater than any of us. And that he is superior in all ways. And so it is important for us to study and to learn about how God is superior to us so that, one, it will show how we are inferior, but also our great need for him. So tonight we're going to discuss that in our next question, the last question about God's greatness. In question 10, how should you respond to God as you learn about his greatness? Does anybody want to give an answer? The answer is, learning about God's greatness should encourage me to faithfully honor him and to humbly trust him. And so we're going to discuss why it's important uh, to learn about God and how we're to honor him in light of his attributes and who he is, and also how his attributes in knowing and learning about God should build our trust for him and give us humility in trusting him. And the verse, memory verse for today is Exodus fifteen eleven. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? So tonight, as I said, we're going to be going through discussing, learning about God, why it's important to learn about his greatness, and what we have learned as a review about his attributes, and then why, how we can honor him or why we should honor him according to his attributes and reasons why we should trust him in relation to his attributes. So first, we're going to discuss learning about God's greatness. As I said before earlier, God has revealed himself through creation. He re- he's revealed his power and his attributes, as we saw in Romans chapter 1, but he also reveals himself through his word. He shows and teaches us about who he is, and we're to diligently seek after him to know him. We're to yearn to know who he is, and not just um, that he is God and he is above creation, but even to know about his powers, about his, his all-knowing, and to know all of these attributes, and we're to study that so that we can live our lives in relation to that, in accordance to that. We have learned that God is eternal, that God has no beginning, no end, that he is infinite, he is outside of time. He's all-powerful, that he can do anything. That he is, uh, with man, 
salvation is impossible, but God has provided salvation through his all-knowing, all-powerful ways. That his wisdom is above our wisdom, and that there's no one like him. He's ever-present, under-changing, and infinite. And God alone is God. And as we'll see later in some of these scriptures, that the reason why ultimately he is due worship, he is owed worship from us, is because he is creator. And he alone is the creator. He alone is God. There's no one like him. And he alone is worthy of praise. And so as we learn more about him, we fear him more. That we learn to honor him, fear him, and to have reverence. Giving him honor and glory that is owed to him alone. And learning about God also builds our trust in him. It shows that he is someone that is unchanging and his words are true and that we can trust in him. And it's also very humbling to show us that we can't do many things. We can't even essentially change ourselves, but God can change us, showing us that we need him. So let's first look at how we're to faithfully honor God. To honor is to give reverence, it's to respect, it's to uh, attribute honor and reverence, it's to know by knowing him and proclaiming his attributes, we honor him. And all God's people have a duty to honor him in every respect of our lives. In all our ways, we're to acknowledge him. In Psalm twenty-two, twenty-three, 23, you who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in all of him, awe of him, all you offspring of Israel. We're told to be in awe of God's greatness. We're to praise him for who he is. 1 Timothy 1.17 To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. To God alone is honor and glory due. To God alone we should be worshiping. We should worship him and honor him through worship by praising him, by giving thanksgiving by going out into all of the earth and speaking about his greatness. Revelation 4.11, when, when the elders fall down and cast their crowns to the Lamb of God, to Christ, they say, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. We're to honor God because he is our creator. 
We're to honor God because he is all-powerful. And so we look at how can we honor him. And we're to honor him with holy living. We're to honor him by following his commands and to acknowledge him as God by honoring his name, by honoring his word, by not dishonoring it, but bringing glory to his name. We're to honor him by keeping his Sabbath and by loving one another. And we're to proclaim God's glorious deeds and what he has done to all the nations. Romans 12.1, Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We honor God by following his commands. We honor God by being submissive, repenting from sin, from turning to him and seeking him, by trusting in him and walking by the Spirit, by surrendering our lives and not living for ourselves, but living for him. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We're to be holy as the Lord God Almighty is holy. We're to love because he first loved us. We're to walk and imitate Christ Jesus, being full of love, having compassion on one another, being forgiving and living in a way that is honoring him. Proverbs 14.31 Whoever oppresses a poor man insults his maker, but he who is generous to the needy honors him. We see the contrast between being generous and caring for the needy, how that brings honor to God. But instead, if you were to go and oppress the poor, to not care for those who are in need, you're insulting the maker. You're insulting God. You're dishonoring him. Isaiah 26, 13. O Lord our God, other lords beside you have ruled over us, but your name alone we will bring to remembrance. Although there's people who are in authority over us, we have to know and remember that God is the one who is the authority, that he alone is authoritative and sovereign over all. And he distributes and gives authority and grants people to rule over others. And although there was many people who have reigned over Israel, they are to remember and we are to remember and bring his name glory and his name alone. Isaiah 43, 20 through 21. The wild beasts will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, for I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, the people whom I have formed for myself, that they might declare my praise. 
We need to honor God as our provider, as the one who sustains all creation. He sustains the earth, and he has not only created it, but he sustains it, and he will save his people, and he will bring a new heaven and new earth. He is the one who can do that. He is the one who has existed from the beginning and will exist eternally. So we're to honor him by bringing praise, acknowledging that he sustains us. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then the barns will be filled with plenty and all your vats will be bursting with wine. We're to honor God with our, what we have, our wages, what we have as wealth. For it's God who gives and takes away. We wouldn't have anything if it weren't for God providing it. And so as good stewards of what God has given us, we're to honor him with our wealth. And we can do that through tithing. We can do that through giving to the needy, giving to the poor, and not being um, greedy with what we have, but instead honoring God through our wealth. 1 Chronicles 16, 23 through 26. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the, all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. All of these Things that people worship, they're, not, they're just worthless idols. But God alone is worthy and greatly, greatly to be praised. God alone deserves honor. And so we can honor him with praise, with thanksgiving, with song, by going out and declaring his marvelous works among the people. So we're to honor him, and we're to do it faithfully. We're not to do it in a way that is just here and there or when it's convenient to us, but throughout our life, in every moment, in all we do, we're to honor him. We're to bring praise and glory to his name. We're also to trust him. The last part of the answer for tonight's question, learning about God's greatness should encourage me to faithfully honor him, as we just discussed, and to humbly trust him. To trust God is to have faith in him, to be confident in who he is, to be convinced of what he says. And we're to do that humbly, humbly knowing that he alone is God and that he has been so gracious to reveal himself to us. We're to trust his power and strength, knowing that God is all-powerful and he is the one that can accomplish all things. We're to trust his unfailing love, knowing that his love endures forever, his mercy endures forever and that it is a sure thing 
We're to trust God's salvation, knowing that he will save us to the uttermost, that he is the one who saves and that he can do it and that it is something that can be trusted. We can trust his word, knowing that God does not lie and he has revealed himself through his word, through the scriptures, and that we can Know that it is truth. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And so we will trust and have reliance on God humbly, knowing who he is as we learn about him and knowing that he is far superior than anything else. Exodus 14.31 Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. By God revealing his great power, by stopping this nation of Egypt, they believed in him. They were able to trust, to know that God is the one who delivered them. And God continually reminds his people, I am the one who saved you from the land of slavery. Psalm 18, 2 through 3, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, And I am saved from my enemies. We know that the deliverance that God provides is sure. And we can trust in that. We know that he is a refuge. Someone that we can take shelter in. We can trust that the God of the Israelites. That the God of the Bible is a sure and steady anchor, that he is a tower, a strong tower that we can take refuge in. Psalm 13, 5. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. We can know that God's love is pure and perfect, and we can trust him. Psalm 17, 7. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior, of those who seek refuge from their adversities, adversaries at your right hand. God is faithful. God's love endures forever. And he is a savior that can be trusted. Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. We're to put our trust in God. And this trust is nurtured, and this trust is is built and continued to grow as we learn more and have a greater understanding of who God is and his greatness. As we go and we study in his word and as he is continually faithful in our lives how his greatness 
is something that can be trusted. Humbly, we come to him knowing that it's not something that we deserve or we earn, but God is gracious to provide us uh, our needs, to provide us salvation, to provide us guidance, to save us. And we show and we express that trust in how we live. Just as how we honor God through our lives and what we do and following his word, following his commandments, we're to have a life that reflects our trust in God. Living according to his promises, living according to what he has said in his word, And so we trust him and show expression of our trust by praising him and worshiping him to continue on in the faith and not to um, not to falter, not to um, live in doubts and in focusing on ourselves. But instead, we turn to him in faith. We hold on to the promises of God that are revealed to us in Scripture. And with that, we can have peace. We can have security knowing that even though we will have tribulation in this world, although we will have troubles, we can take heart. We can have peace for Christ has overcome the world. That God is so great, he is greater than who is in the world. He is greater than all things, and we can trust in him. And if God is for us, who can be against us? And so we can live with freedom from fear of the unknown, freedom from anxiety of things that are unknown, and we can learn to trust in him by knowing more and more about his greatness. So it's important for us to study who God is, according to the scriptures. And so we respond in honoring him and trusting him. The question is for tonight, and the last question for the theme of the greatness of God, how should you respond to God as you learn about his greatness? And the answer is learning about God's greatness should encourage me to faithfully honor him and to humbly trust him. And the verse for tonight was Exodus fifteen eleven. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? There is no one like our God, and we can trust in him. We are to honor him in all we do, in all our ways. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that you have revealed who you are, that you have revealed your greatness to us, such a lowly people, that you have shown that you are creator, that you are the sustainer, that you are the savior, and you have revealed this to your creation. You have done this so graciously. Lord, thank you for revealing yourself by your spirit through your word. Lord, I pray that you would continue to build our faith in you, that we would 
desire to learn more and more about you, that our lives would reflect who you are, that they would bring honor and glory to your name alone, that we would trust in you, walking in faith, that your truth, that who you are, your character, your attributes would humble us, that we wouldn't be so proud of ourselves thinking that we're much of anything, but we cannot, that we don't boast in ourselves, but that we would boast in you alone. Lord, I pray that we would bring glory and honor to you by boasting in your great deeds and what you have done for us, that we can walk in a manner that is trusting you. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us in person, and thank you for joining us online. Have a great evening.